Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Dell of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. It is uh, hot here in SoCal. So, for those of you that are uh, experiencing hot temperatures all over the map, stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water and get you some rest. And if you're going to do your, your workouts, probably want to do them earlier when the sun is not at its highest level, obviously. So, at any rate, uh, what I wanted to do in a few minutes that I have is discuss the idea of do I love Jesus? That's a simple question, but I think it's a profound one. And I was in prayer a couple of days ago. This is Sunday, August 14th. And so that would have been the 12th. And I often ponder that question. Do I love Jesus? Do I love the Lord? Because it's easy to say, but it's very important that we take a careful look at our lives and and determine if we do. And so what I want to do in the next few minutes is go over some passages of scripture that I found, obviously, in the word of God. And you can use these scriptures that I'm going to cite and you can provide your own litmus test. Is it, do you really love God? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? All right. So hopefully this will help you. It will challenge you or provoke you to think about your relationship with God, because that's all I want to do. I'm not here to judge your relationship with God. I'm here to let you know that, I mean, where you're at, you can look at your own life and then see where you are. If you are on track or if you are off the rails, if you're not on track at all, and then it'll give you an opportunity like it's <laughs> continuously gives me opportunities to go to the Lord and repent when I know that I'm falling short of what it is that he is requiring of me to do. So here's the first scripture that I want to go to. It's in Deuteronomy chapter six. And I want, I want to read to you verses four and five. And this is, of course, coming from Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is what he says. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5 You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. I'll read verse 6 also. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates okay i actually read to you deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 all the way to 9 so i read you six verses i mean that's how Apparently, the Spirit of God wanted to lead me in reading those verses to you. So I need to go back. I need to uh, emphasize verse five. 
you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So our whole being, we should be expressing our love to God. Now, here's the question that, I mean, here's the question that I'm going to get to in a little bit. Well, actually, I'll get to the question now. How do we know if we're loving God? That is the billion dollar question on the table. How do I know? How do you know? How do we know we love Jesus? How do we know that? I mean, does the Bible provide the answer to that? I mean, how do we know if we're loving the Lord? I'm going to go to my next passage of scripture, all right? And I'm going to get to that that point. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 35. It's actually John the, ba John the Baptist talking here. And this is what he says. John's Gospel, the third chapter, and the 35th verse. This is what he says. He says, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. I'll, I'll read uh, verse 36 as well. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him or abides on him. All right. John's Gospel, the third chapter, verses 35 and 36. Let's skip over to the same book, but we're going to go to the 10th chapter and this is Jesus speaking himself and this is what he says John chapter 10 verse 17 and once again I need to go earlier let's start with verse 11 I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them verse 13 he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep Jesus reiterates again in verse 14 I am the good shepherd I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd, verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And I'll stop right there. So I read to you, John chapter 10, I started with verse 11 and I read all the way to verse 17. I'm going to come to my point shortly, so just bear with me. All right, I need to also go to remaining in John. Okay, we're going to go to the 14th chapter. And I want to look at the 23rd verse. So I'm going to... I'm going to spend a couple of verses also in this chapter. Some other verses I also want to look at in this chapter. This is what Jesus said. John chapter 14, verse 23. 
If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. All right. Let's look at verse number 15 of that same chapter. John chapter 14, verse 15. And this is basically going to answer the question whether we love Jesus or not. It's very simple because people say all the time that I love God. I love Jesus. Well, this is going to prove whether you do or whether you don't. This is what Jesus said. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's that simple, folks. We prove that we love God. We prove that we love Jesus by our obedience to him, that we obey his commands. It's that simple. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Powerful. Verse 31, same chapter. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Okay? So, by quick way of review, we prove our love to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, by doing what he has commanded us to do. So, just off the cuff, what are some of the things that Jesus has commanded us to do? He has commanded us to forgive. He has commanded us to love and pray and do good to our enemies, even though they do not do kind things to us. He has commanded us that we are to make disciples of all nations. He commanded us that we should give and it should be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall man give into our bosom or into our lap with the same measure that you give it shall be measured back to you again chapter uh, luke chapter 6 verse 38 all right so there are numerous commands old and new testament that god has given us he tells us to be kind to our neighbor we are to regard the the situation regarding the poor so there are numerous commands that we are to obey because by obeying those commands it proves our fidelity and our love for our savior so i mean that's really it in a nutshell is if you love the lord jesus christ if you love the father god then you will simply do what they have commanded us to do so Therein lies your litmus test. If you are falling short of what the word of God has commanded you, then you have to take a inventory of your life and make sure that you're that you're in the faith. Now, here's the thing. Going back to Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, it says we are to love the Lord with all our our heart, our soul and our might. Now, another question. Do any of us do that all the time? And the answer to that question obviously is no. Sometimes we don't love the Lord the way we're supposed to because we're in the flesh. We're doing our own thing. 
we're not talking right, we're not walking right, and we are being ungodly or unholy, which the God, which the Bible commands us that we're to be all the time. All right, so there it is, right there, and. There's one more passage, a very somber passage that I can't resist sharing with you. And this will, I think, be the coup de grace. First Corinthians chapter 16. All right. Verse number. Which one? 22. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. It tells us this. It says, if anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed our Lord come, or we could use the word Maranatha. So Paul says, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus, he is to be, he is to be accursed. In other words, that person is to be consigned to eternal destruction. All right. So a person that does not love the Lord, of course, is a person that is disobedient, is a person that is unholy, is a person that is anti-God or has the spirit of anti-Christ. I'm not saying they are the anti-Christ, but they have that spirit of anti-Christ dwelling in them because they hate God. And, and if a person hates the Lord, they're going to hate the people of God because the people of God is going to declare the goodness and the word of God. You follow what I'm saying? That's why there's this conflict. That's why there's this, this spiritual war going on between the forces of light versus the forces of darkness, which of course is over, which the, Satan is over, the the prince of the power of the air, the one that goes about as a roaring lion seeking, seeking whom he may devour. So that pretty much is the crux of my message. Do you love Jesus? Well, ask yourself the question, am I obeying his commands? Am I doing what he has told me to do? Or am I doing or are you doing your own thing? If you know you're doing your own thing, then you have proven that you don't love God. Now, if you are endeavoring to do your do the Lord's will and you're struggling with it, God sees that too. And God is sympathetic toward those of us who are struggling. And we all are to some degree or another if we're honest. I mean, Paul who was a gladiator for the Christian faith. I mean, by virtue of the fact of how mightily God used him, he wrote 13 books of the new, entire New Testament, which is almost half. He bemoaned and decried his struggle in Romans chapter seven. And because that came to mind, I can't resist going there and sharing it with you. So this is a person that loved God with his with his might, with his strength, with its mind, but he also recognized that he was a human. And even though the spirit of God dwelled in him, just like it dwells in us, he struggled in his walk with God. So I have to read these verses to you so that you know that you're not alone in your quest to do what's right. But next to our desire to do what's right, there's evil present. It hurts. It sucks. It's difficult. And sometimes we seem like we don't even know our right hand from our left. But this is what he said. This is what he said. Let me start with verse 
number 14. And I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. Paul speaking. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing. Listen to this. That I hate. What? Why would you do something that you hate? Why? I'll keep reading. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I do right, evil lies close at hand. Man, this is tough. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. In other words, in his redeemed self, in his inner man, he delights to do he, he delights to do the law of God. But I see in my members, in other words, in his flesh, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And this is his cry. And this is all of our cry who are endeavoring to live a holy life. Verse 24, Romans chapter 7, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. That's all our plight, folks. So you're not alone in your struggle and endeavoring to live a life that's pleasing to God. So Paul, like I said, who was astronomical in the first century church, lets us know that we're not by ourselves. He is struggling and so are we. Now, if you're not struggling, I need to say this. If you're not struggling and you're just giving in to sin, then you've, you've given up and you're, you're living a life of defeat. And children of God are, are not to live lives of defeat. We're supposed to live lives of victory. Now, through the victory that we have in Christ, we still are in this earth realm and we still have to live day to day. And because of that, we're going to struggle. Like I just read to you, it's hard. It's painful. It's difficult. And sometimes we don't know our right hand from our left and we don't know if we are fulfilling our purpose because we like like he mentioned we desire my desire to do right is there but evil is present with me and i find myself doing the thing that i shouldn't be doing and not doing the thing that i should be doing so you have what's called sins of commission and you also have sins of omission now a sin of commission is a sin that I should not commit, but I do it. And then when we commit sin, when we do sins of omission, that means that there's something I should have done. I know that I should have done it, but I have decided not to do it. In other words, I have omitted 
the right that I should have done and by not doing what I should have done, I committed a sin of omission because I've omitted the right that I should have done and did the evil that I should not have done. So back to the question, do I love the Lord Jesus? And my answer to you is yes. Do I love him perfectly? Absolutely not. Do I struggle in my desire to do what's right because evil is present with me? Absolutely. So continue to pray, uh, continue to ask God for strength. And God is, uh, Jesus is not unfeeling toward our weaknesses. He knows what we're going through because he's a man too and he struggled. Now he, of course, did everything perfectly without sin, but we don't have that testimony. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 as I close. I'll start, of course, before that. It says, let's start with verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in Every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Of course, that is the distinction between the Lord Jesus and every other human being that will walk the planet. He was tempted in every way, but yet without sin. And let me say this real quick as I close. When it says Jesus was tempted in every way, it doesn't mean that he was tempted with every conceivable sin under the sun. All right. Jesus wasn't tempted to have a uh, homosexual relationship. Jesus wasn't tempted with a woman. Jesus wasn't tempted to rob or to kill or to murder someone. When it says that he was tempted with every, in every way, it meant that he was tempted with the, with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He wasn't tempted with every conceivable temptation that, that we're tempted with. I, I wanted to make that clear, all right? So hang on in there. Uh, work on every day to live more holy and to and to applicate your sanctification. We have a positional sanctification. We have a positional righteousness because we're in Christ, but we have to make that practical in our everyday living so that we continue to conform into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Brother Dell of Gospel Repentance Ministries, hope you've been blessed, and I'm out till next time.